Well, I've been, um, I've just been, uh, um, had these scripture verses for around for about a month or so, and I, I just decided I was maybe going to share them today, but just felt like it was unfinished, unfinished material or unfinished lesson. Anyway, I started, I started looking at this, and um, I saw exactly kind of where I thought the Lord wanted to go with this. But, you know, we were talking about healing not too long back, and the healing scriptures, um, and there's a lot of long-life scriptures, long life, and we have been given long life. And, um, and we're going to address some of that, some of those areas. Um, let's look at Second Peter first to start with. And um, I'm going to be using my phone because there's some translations there that I want to share with you. But Second Peter 3, 9. 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but he is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance, for everybody to come to a place of repentance. God doesn't want anybody to perish. He doesn't want anybody to um, um, not make it to heaven. He wants, he wants everybody in heaven. And, of course, we all have looked at that before, but long-suffering there, long-suffering, I think, in his, his patient, that I think in the King James it says long-suffering, means to persevere. He's patiently waiting for everybody to come to that saving knowledge. And then he perishes to put out of the way entirely, abolish or to kill. Well, you know, that made me think right immediately that John 10.10 says, the thief, the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus came that we can have abundant life and more abundant. We can have abundant life. And we should be living in an abundant life, victorious every minute of every day. If not, we better find out why we are not. Amen? <laughs> so that scripture verse I just read was John 10, 10. And, and I think it's good. Let's just look there. It's good to look at these scripture verses so that we know where they are. You can tell them you know where they are. And you can share them with other people. And um, John 10, 10. Sometimes I've had people argue with me telling me that thief doesn't mean that's the devil well it definitely does mean it's the devil (laughs) the thief comes the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy that's the only reason he has come he wants to stop the church from doing anything that the church has been called to do and you are the church so he is after you he wants to stop you so every time you take a a step forward he's going to try to push you back three he wants to stop you from doing what you've been called to do especially if you start moving in what your calling is he'll he'll try to discourage you he'll try to step you back He'll try to make you, and oh, I need to hear this myself, he'll try to make you discouraged, disappointed, hopeless, all that kind of stuff to stop you from getting and doing what you're supposed to be called to do. But he's given us that life and that life abundantly. That life is that real, and, and I looked this up, life real and genuine, a life active, vigorous, devoted to God. So, see, he came as to give, give us life and life abundantly, but it should be a life that is devoted to serving God. And we're going to see that in these scripture verses coming up about long life and how important it is that our life is devoted to serving God so that we can have that long life. Amen? Let's look back over here to Second Peter now. We were just in um, to Second Peter. And you hear me say this scripture verse quite a bit. But... Um, 
Second Peter chapter 1. Chapter 1 and and we're just going to read 2 through 4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us or given to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. See, we, we are given that at life that pertains to that everything that pertains to life and godliness, godliness through the true knowledge of him. So if there's an area you don't have knowledge about him in or you're deceived in, then you're not going to be necessarily walking in that, that life and that godliness. Amen? Verse 4 then goes, For by these he has granted to us his precious magnificent promises in order that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. So we've been given everything that pertains to life and knowledge. But if you see in verse 2, grace and peace is multiplied. My brain is going faster than my mouth. Excuse me. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. So when we learn more about God, about Jesus our Lord, grace and peace is going to be multiplied to us. The more we know about Jesus, the more we know about God, grace and peace are going to be multiplied to us. Okay, so then seeing that his divine power, we, we can see by learning more about him that his divine power has given or granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. So we have been given that already. Life and godliness. We've already been given that. We've already been given that, but it's important that the knowledge that we have been given through the true knowledge of him, it's through the true knowledge of him that we're going to understand what we have been given. Amen? Does that make sense? Okay, so so this is important, I think, in, in any area of walking in healing, whether it be long life or walking in our healing, we have to know that he did give it to us. He granted it to us. But there are things that will cause us to stumble and not have that long life or not have that healing that belongs to us. Make sense? Amen? Yeah, yeah man. That's why it's so important that you study the word, be in his presence. That's why it's so important to be in fellowship, be in church, so that you know what the word of God says and you find out what the word of God says. And you not only find out, you not only hear what it says but then you are a doer of that as well amen you become a doer of the word and then the faster you put the word that you hear to work in your life the more it's going to have that that solid foundation that solid root as the enemy's not going to come and snatch it out do you know he comes immediately to steal the word immediately he comes to steal the word whether it's sunday morning or whether it's what you've read or where you maybe you've been listening to somebody else but he comes immediately to steal it he's going to see if you can put it to work in your life amen he'll he'll look to see if you can put it to work in your life okay so i want to go over here to psalms psalms 139 please and i'm going to read i'm going to read um one Psalms one thirty nine. Um, what version do you have, Jerry? Okay, would you read that, starting with um, verse thirteen, reading through um, thirteen through sixteen, please. Amen. Amen. Okay, that was a new. Uh, New English, new, not new English, excuse me, the new um, 
King James Version, version correct? Okay. And mine says, and in that book they were all written, the days that were ordained for me. Well, you know, I started on this inside of me, I started, I'm going, Lord, you gave us long life. You gave us long life. So we can say we have long life, but yet I hear people say, there's only so many numbers, so many days numbered for each of us. He's talking about here, from what I've done in the studying of the word, he's talking about you being formed. He knows every member of your body. He knows the bones. You were formed in your mother's wombs. He knows all about that. It doesn't, in looking at the different versions, it doesn't say that our days are numbered. It does not say that. So people have a hard time. Do you know people, well, okay, that guy's days were numbered. He was killed in an automobile accident. Is that right thinking? No, not right thinking, but people will teach that. They'll say, well, God knew how many days he was going to be here. That's baloney. I started looking at that because I looked at so many scripture verses that talk about long life. So if we can have long life, what cuts our life short? That's the scripture verses that we're going to look, look at. It's not this one for sure. <laughs> but, but I've heard people teach that. Oh, oh, no. Hey, I'm not talking to you right now. <laughs> Somehow she thinks I'm talking to her. Anyway, so this I want to I want to read you the same the same scripture verse in the Message Bible. Okay, let's see. Come here now. All right, and this was um, the message is again one thirty nine, thirteen through sixteen. Oh yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking, body and soul. I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out, and you know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Amen? doesn't say anything about the number, your days being numbered, does it? That didn't, did it? I, I just think it's important that because that's one of the things that people will justify this or justify that when we can have long life, long life, just like we can have healing in our bodies. Because see, Jesus Christ paid the price for all that. He destroyed death. And the final destroying of that will come when he comes back. But he, he, he destroyed all of those that, everything that comes to kill, steal, and destroy, all the sickness and disease, he carried it on the cross. He carried fear and torment on the cross. Amen? He carried that all on the cross so that we can have long life, right? Didn't he carry it on the cross so we can have long life? Did he carry cancer on the cross? Did he carry pneumonia on the cross? Did he carry Alzheimer's on the cross? Yeah. Did he carry... um, Parkinson's on the cross. Yeah. He carried all of it on the cross. All of that, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. And that's Galatians 3.13. We have been redeemed. We have been set free from every curse. The only thing we have required to do is to walk in line with his word. It makes it really simple, doesn't it? We're, we're just to line up with his word. Amen? 
Okay, so um, uh, I just wanted you to see that scripture verse. God doesn't shorten. God doesn't shorten our life. God doesn't do anything to cause us to have just so many days. He doesn't do that. He is in see God. I don't care if you find this scripture verse over here and this scripture verse, and it sounds like they're opposite. Study them out. They're not. They're not opposite. God doesn't say one thing here and another thing over here. The, you know, God has promised us long life. Amen? Long life. We're going to see that here in a minute. Um, so let's look at 1 Corinthians, please. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. And this is, uh, this is going to be verse, uh, chapter 9. Uh, 24 through 27. And um, Josh, do you have that? What version do you have? Okay, would you read that, please? Uh, 24 through 27. Amen. King James, does not say buffet, buffet your body? Do you, King James, New, um, New King James? Disqualify, uh, disqualify. okay. Um, I think it's the New American. What? what yeah, okay, I was just going to look. I thought mine said that, buffet the body. See, that's our our job to do that. I want to read what it says here. In the, again, um, this will be the, the, not the message, but it's going to be the um, Passion Translation. I'm going to read to you this time from verse 24 through 27. And I thought this was really good, how they put this how they translated, isn't it obvious that all runners on the racetrack keep on running to win, but only one receives the victor's prize. Yet each one of you must run the race to be victorious. A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control. Isn't that sound familiar when the enemy wants to try to get you to sin? (laughs) You gotta practice self-control so you don't get angry. And do the wrong. Anyway, there's more. Nah, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so self-control. In order to win a laurel wreath, which, you know, those are those flowered wreaths they put on their heads, that quickly withers. But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. For that reason, I don't run just for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches, but I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get, in, and get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. See, he's saying here we need to, we need to uh, buffet our body. We need to get our body under control. We need to do the right things so that we can stand and maybe preach the gospel. But, you know, there's more and more ministers being exposed that are in, have problems in their lives. And, and, and those people are going to be disqualified because... They they preached, they preached, but they weren't the example that they should have been or they weren't running right because they did not subdue their body. They did not buffet their body. And personally, I mean, all of that is going to be exposed. It's all going to be exposed. It It is. It's like last week when I was talking about how the presence of the Lord and how the anointing is increasing, how the glory is increasing. That is all all increasing the anointing is increasing. It should be increasing in the services and it should be increasing on each individual if you've been spending time in the presence of the Lord. But the increase like that, 
the demonic influences are going to increase at the same time to, to, to stop what God's glory is going to do in these last days. So we're going to have to deal with more um, junk in our lives that wants to try to steal, kill, and destroy and try to stop us from doing what God's called us to do. That's why it's important that we buffet our bodies and keep ourselves subjected to the Lordship of Jesus. Amen? And so I wrote down a few of those things that, that um, you know, we can buffet our body by, and I need to do better in the sleep thing, but I only, I only do six hours. <laughs> but, you know, they say you're supposed to have seven to eight. I try. I give it a try, but I only have six. But there's things that we can do. Maybe we're eating <laughs> too much sugar, okay? Maybe we're not eating the right foods and we should be. That's all part of buffeting your body. You know what I mean? Exercising is all part. All of that's part of buffeting your body. Um, staying away from things that do damage to your body. Uh, alcohol, drugs, addictions, all kinds of addictions do damage to your body. If you're doing things like that, you're shortening the lifespan that God gave you. If you do stuff like that, you're shortening your ability to finish your calling, to finish what the race, to finish what God's called you to do. Does that make sense? I mean, it's just kind of a common thing, amen? Okay, so um, let's look at um, uh, 1 John. Let's, yeah, let's do 1 John 2, back here in the back again. 1 John 2. First John chapter 2, verse 16. Verse 16. And, you know, uh, another thing is what we look at. What we look at. Okay, maybe what we look at doesn't immediately affect our body, but eventually it will. What we look at. Garbage in, garbage out. You look, start looking at something, you're going to want more of what you're looking at. Okay, so verse, verse uh, 16 here, chapter 2, of 1 John. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. Amen? And we're supposed to be, well, Matthew five twenty-eight. You can go back to that one if you'd like. I had that one down along with this one. Matthew five twenty eight talks about and why let's see no wait sorry sorry Matthew five not six five twenty eight says but I say to you that everyone who looks on a woman to lust for her has committed adultery with her already in his heart doesn't mean you go to bed with her but if you just look on her with the lust all of those things we, what we look at um, where we go. Um, back over here in First John two goes on to saying twenty five through um, seven or no, sorry fifteen through seventeen go on down there do not love the world nor the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the Father is not in him and of course we read sixteen and the world verse seventeen and the world is passing away and also its lust but the one who does the will of God abides forever Amen. And so what we think on, Philippians 4, 8. We're supposed to be thinking on right things. Is that right, guys? Yeah, think on these things. And Philippians 4, 8 gives you a list of what to think on. 
think and meditate on these things. 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there is any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. Now, if your mind's dwelling on those things, it's not going to be dwelling on things that are anxious or fearful or whatever. And, and you know, all know that immediately when you're in a place of strife or anxiety because you've been meditating on it, it affects you physically. It affects you physically. Amen? A lot, a lot of times anxiety or strife will just open the door immediately to colds, flus, sicknesses like that. You stay in a place of strife and you, you, you're going to end up with something else um, majorly. You know, but you can't, you can't not. You have to deal with those things immediately. That's why I tell you to deal with the anxieties. Deal with the fears. Deal with the torments immediately and not give them place because it, op- it is an open door for sickness and disease. Amen? Amen. 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 And so that was Philippians 4.8. I, I don't know if I'm going too fast for you. I'm sorry if I'm not, but we're going fast on the inside. Maybe the Lord wants to be done early. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway so what you think on, where you go, what we say, okay? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it, whatever your tongue is speaking, that's the fruit you're going to get. You just picture the words coming out of your mouth. If they're, if they're evil words, it's going to produce evil fruit. It's going to produce the wrong things in your life. Because see, the words you speak lays the, lays the stepping stones for you to walk on. You know, and, and if, if those are evil words you're speaking, you've already been thinking them. You know, you've already been thinking them, okay? So what you say, what you look at, what you think on, that's who you're going to become. If you want to be in a right standing position with God, look at, look at what you should be thinking about, looking at, and doing. Amen? Amen. How can you be in a right standing position with God and go drinking at the casino? It's beyond me. Excuse me, but that's where I'm at with that. Okay. I want us to look at um, another area is we curse ourselves a lot of times. You all know what I mean by that? We curse ourselves. One example I've used before was when I worked at Fisher's and people, somebody would get sick and this person would say, well, I'm going to have that tomorrow. Well, you cursed yourself. You got sick. Watch your words. They carry a lot of weight. You know, when you speak your words out, do you know? Do you know there are demons everywhere? No kidding. <laughs> and, and the minute they hear a word that lines up with the way they act, they're on it just like that. So watch your words. I'm, I'm serious. I know what I'm talking about. I'm serious. You have to watch your words. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So you watch your words. Amen? Amen. I hear people sometimes say, sometimes I correct it. I just listen to see whether I should or not. But sometimes people will say, that makes me sick. Somebody has done something. and Oh, that makes me sick when they do that. Mm, you know? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, or... Uh, or my heart hurts for that situation. I mean, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? It's all words that shouldn't be spoken. 
all words that should be said. Now, I'm not telling you, you know, there's sometimes people will take it to extreme and they move into a place of bondage with that. You don't have to be that way. You don't have to be in a place of bondage with words. You just have to let the Holy Spirit lead you. I mean, I didn't learn all the words to begin with. The Lord started dealing with me. Don't say that anymore. Don't say what? (laughs) Don't say that word anymore. Okay, okay. I mean, he's cleaned up. I mean, I can't even say words that are similar to bad words. <laughs> I mean, he's just corrected me on all of this stuff, you know? And, and um, so I cringe when I hear somebody else saying it, but it's not my job. It's not my job unless the Lord tells me to say something. But we, the Holy Spirit, that's why we have the Holy Spirit to help us walk in line with his word and his will for our life. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's, um, let's see. I talked about the curse. Oh, I was talking, I started talking about the curses. Okay, let's go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, please. Deuteronomy. People will talk about, they, they, they have a generational curse. They'll talk about generational curses. Well, they do that, and they're given place to the generational curse. I talked about how we curse ourselves by the words we speak, but but the generational curse, we've been redeemed from that. But people will talk about that like, oh, yeah, my dad had that. I'm going to have that. Now, uh, me personally, I like to look at how things have manifested down the line when I'm ministering to people. You know, I, I try to understand that a little bit so I can help them a little bit more. But, but, but people will say all the time, oh, my great-grandma had that, and that's coming down the line, and I'm in, I'm in line for that. That's the next thing for me to have. You know, when, when you accept Jesus as Lord, that which has been a part of your family tree runs into the cross just like that. That generational curse is not yours anymore. You have been redeemed from the curse of the law. You have been set free. And that, that curse is broken right there. The difference is you have to enforce his defeat. You can't let it just run. Oh, yeah, I knew, I knew it was going to be mine. I knew it was well, right there. You just received it. You just received it. It's not yours to have anything to do with anymore because did not Jesus nail it to the cross? Did not Jesus nail every curse to the cross? Did he not do that? He redeemed us from the curse of the law. So the Old Testament talks about the curse, and and, um, you can read quite a bit on it, but it says makes it real clear in, in Deuteronomy 11, also Deuteronomy 30, but let's go to Deuteronomy 11, and it talks about, in verse 26, um, and this is both similar, both Deuteronomy 11 and Deuteronomy 30 are real similar, but 26 here, I'm in 11, 26. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today, and the curse, if you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside from the way which I am commanding you today, by following after after other gods which you have not known. So, um, and let's go over here to 30. We'll just tie these two together. Deuteronomy 30, please. 
And you'll, I've taught this quite a bit, but this is so good. 30, verse 19. Verse 19, I'll give you a minute. I'm, I'm, I probably am going too fast. Am I going too fast, guys? <laughs> okay, I saw Jerry smiling, so I'm going too fast. <laughs> Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven... and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death. And I mean, that's still our choice. Our, our choice is still life and death. Those that don't know Jesus as Lord, their choice is still life and death. And, and our choice is still life and death every day, every minute. We can choose to talk right. We can choose to not go to wrong places. We can choose to do the right things to buffet our body. So we still have that choice whether we want to choose life every day or we want to choose death. Because in the minute we choose something that represents death, whether it be getting drunk every night, let's just say. So that's a choice that represents death. When we do that, when we choose that, then we are killing our bodies little by little. Does that make sense? Basically, even though we're born again, if we choose to do that, we are killing our bodies little by little. Does that make sense? Because it's not life that we chose. Right? Okay, so verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today and I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. See, it's not only affecting you, but it's affecting your descendants. It's affecting your descendants, the choices you make now. Adults. <laughs> Adults, the choices you make now is affecting your descendants. Does that make sense? So then verse 20, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by holding fast to him, for this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and to, and to give them. So that's just still talking to us. Aren't we his descendants? It's still talking to us. Amen? Amen. So by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice and by holding fast to him, that's how we have that life and life abundantly. By loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice and by holding fast to him, for this is your life and the length of your days, by holding fast to him, the length of your days. Amen? Amen. That's, that is so good. That is so good. I mean, if people can just, if young kids could just get a hold of that, they, they can have that long life. They don't have to go through all the, the trauma and all the tragic things that come along with drugs and come along with drinking and come, come along, you know. I mean, uh, young people, I can name some that I knew that were in children's church when they went off and did the wrong things. And one was in an automobile accident at young age and is now gone. I don't know. I, I have no idea whether he's with the Lord or not. I'm, I'm hoping he is. But, you know, the kids started making their own choices. You can't do that. you got to line up with the Word of God. Amen? Okay, I think we need to look at some scripture verses that, will, that do promise long life. I mean, right there we, we saw one. But New Testament, I'm, 
looking at New Testament scripture verses. Let's look at Ephesians, please. Ephesians 6. One. Uh, we have a few young people in here. But Ephesians 6. This is 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, children qualifying, qualifying if your parents aren't living for the Lord, if they're not telling you to do the right things, you do not have to obey them in that aspect. Children, if their children, if the parents are telling them okay, and training them to go in and rob a bank or go rob a store or pickpocket stuff off of people, that ain't godly, is it? It's children obey your parents in the Lord. So if your parents are, are in, in a wrong position that way, uh, that qualifies that a little bit. But number two, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise that it may be well with you. There's two things here, well with you, well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. Do you see the two things there? That, that you can have a long life, but you want your life, things to go well with you. Amen? So honor your father and your mother. And you can honor your father and mother even if they tell you the wrong things to do. You know, you can still show honor to them. Doesn't mean you have to do what they tell you to do, like rob a bank or something, but you can still show them honor in a different way. Amen? Amen? Okay, so so that's one scripture verse that is, is, is really... Um, just right up there that every child should be learning that scripture verse. Amen? Okay. Um, let's see. Do I have any other? I have, I have the... Um, let's go to Proverbs. Shall we? Proverbs 18. Oh, no. We did that one. Proverbs 4. Excuse me. Proverbs 4. Uh, 4.10 of course I think Proverbs has got a lot in it anyway but 4.10 hear my son and accept my sayings and the years of your life will be many let's just say that together hear my son and accept my sayings and the years of my life will be many yeah yeah, that's good, that's good. Um, then Proverbs eighteen twenty one, death and life are in the power of the tongue, those who love it will eat it. Proverbs, uh, let's look at Proverbs 10, I think. 10, 27. I've got this in the Amplified. Does anybody have Amplified today? Oh, wait, I got it on my phone. Uh, Proverbs 10. Proverbs 10, please. Um, and, and, um, okay. Proverbs 10, 27. Does anybody want to read that? Kate, do you want to read that? Out of the New American? Uh huh. 
Yeah, the, and New America said, the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord prolongs one's days, but the years of the wicked shall be made short. And if you look at that close enough, you'll, you see that does happen. That happens, the wicked, their days are cut short. Um, I'm going to just back up here to Proverbs 9. And um, verse uh, 10 through 11, I'm going to still read that out of Amplified. The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning, the chief and choice part of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight and understanding. For by me, wisdom from God, your days shall be multiplied, and the years of your life shall be increased. Amen? Your days will be multiplied, and the years of your life shall be increased. Wow. Amen. Okay, let's look at Proverbs 3, as long as we're in Proverbs. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. While you're, while you're looking there, I'm going to read this. Um, that last one that I just read, Proverbs 9, um, 10 through 11. Just, you can go ahead and look at the other one, but I want to read that out of the Passion Translation, which says, um, The starting point for acquiring wisdom is to be consumed with awe as you worship Yahweh. To receive the revelation of the Holy One, you must come to the one who has living understanding. Wisdom will extend your life, making every year more fruitful than the one before. So it is to your advantage to be wise, but to ignore the counsel of wisdom is to invite trouble into your life. Amen? Amen. Okay, now Proverbs 3. Jerry, you want to read that? Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. Length of days and long life. Amen. Um, let's look back and now those were, let's look at Exodus. Exodus, please. This is a, a, a healing scripture that I have stood on. Um, but Exodus 23. Um, 25 and 26. 25 and 26. Is everybody there? Exodus 23, chapter 23, verse 25 and 26. This is an excellent healing scripture. Um, But you shall serve the Lord your God. Right there's the key. You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread. And your water, we're talking about finances. When you serve the Lord, he'll bless your bread and your water, and I will remove sickness from your midst. But then look at what else you get in 26. There shall be no one miscarrying or barren in your land, and I will, I will fulfill the number of your days. I will fulfill the number of your days. Amen? I will. That is so exciting. I will fulfill the number of of your days and then of course we did the Deuteronomy um, 
let's look at one more in Deuteronomy 440, if you don't mind. Deuteronomy 440. And we'll, we'll wind up with that. So you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I am giving you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may live long on the land which the Lord your God has given you for all time. Amen? Amen. Amen. That is, that is so good. And so we were able to see two different places that how uh, the way we conduct ourselves, the way we live, affects our children as well. I mean, you can see that, how things have happened in different families, how that it has affected the children and even the grandchildren, the way the original mom and dad lived their life. I mean, you can see that. And so, and see, we can, we can look at these, but God, God yeah, we got a better covenant. These are here where we can apply that in our life. We have better covenant, but we still have commandments to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So if you're loving your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to be anxious about what they're doing or not doing. You're not going to be anxious about words they say to you. You're not going to be jealous or anxious about what what they're doing and you're not doing yet. You're not going to be that way. You're going to walk in love with your neighbor, the love chapter that we, we've been talking about going over. You're going to walk in love with your neighbor and if you're walking in love with them, then it all will bring you into a place of living long on the earth. Always, always, always. And you know if you're in anxiety, if you're in fear, if you're in torment, if you're in cares and anxieties, if you're in any of those things, look at what, what is the root cause of that. Oh, I'm just an anxious person. No, you're not. <laughs> I, hear, I hear that sometimes. No, you're not. You're not just an anxious person. What are you thinking on? What are you thinking on? Whatever you're thinking on is producing the anxiety. Whatever you're thinking on is producing the care. Whatever you're thinking on is producing the fear. It's not the other way around. You don't get fearful and then you think on it. It's whatever you're thinking on produces the fear. Amen? So we are just to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself. So if you're not loving your neighbor, then you are not loving yourself. And if you're not loving yourself, it's going to cut your day short. <laughs> Amen? It's that simple. It's just simple. The word of God is simple, period. It's simple. Father, we just want to thank you for your word. It's full of life and it's full of peace and it's full of joy and power. We're so grateful, Father. We're so grateful for your help. And we give you all the praise and glory, Father, because your word doesn't return void. It accomplishes there and to where we've been sent. So we're very grateful. We're very grateful for the word that is alive and active and sharper than two-edged sword, able to discern between the soul and the spirit. And we give you the soul and the flesh, soul and spirit, Anyway, it decides, Father, what is true and what's not. So we give you praise and glory. We love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen.